can shout just a little bit. Yeah. The old church, we take off running by now. I'm trying to get in shape where I can run more. I woke up early this morning singing an old mountain song. The words have been changed. It depends upon where you live. Where I'm from, we used to sing it, oh Lord. Send the fire just now. Anybody remember that old song? Maybe up here you sung it, oh Lord, send the power just now and baptize everyone. Anybody remember that song? That's how I feel this morning. God, just send the fire. Send your power in this place and do what you want with your people. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Romans chapter 12. We will pick up in verse 9. Romans chapter 12. This will be the last sermon in our summer series. At the conclusion of the service, we will pray for every student and every educator. We'll lay hands upon them that God will protect them in the hour which we live. But for the next few minutes, I want to preach God's word with clarity, skillful with anointing. Let's go to verse 9. When you have it, when you say amen, don't get quiet on me now. You just worship with the singers and they were outstanding. But now I want to give heed to God's word. Let love be without hypocrisy. Watch these strong words. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. This verse is what I want to preach. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. One more verse. Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. I want to preach from that verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, and serving the Lord. seconds. Just worship with me, please. Will 
Would you sing this chorus with her? I'm ready to preach. Just, just give me a moment. Would you do that? person who would ever linger if I did not feel like it was wasn't the Holy Ghost. I'd rather preach than do anything. And I'm I'm gonna preach in a moment. I'm just enjoying the presence of the Holy Ghost. If you're visiting with us, we don't lock the Holy Spirit in a back room and bring him out to decorate our services. He is in full control for he knows the heart and mind of man. Just another 30 seconds, Father. If nobody else needs this this morning, I do. This last week, God, I 
had not been for you on my side. You've been so good to me. God, you've been so good to me. I give you praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, now as I preach your word, God, I would ask God that you would use me. Understanding, God, the mind, man, I need your masterful hand to come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everyone said, you may be seated this morning. In this service, I want to pray for the family, and I don't even know if they're here. And I want somebody to stand in for Horace Alexander's family, for I feel burdened in my soul. Romans 12, the different translation says, Never let the fire in your heart go out, keep it alive, serve the Lord. When you hope, be joyful, when you suffer, be patient. And when you pray, be faithful. Our last sermon in our series, when the storms come or when storms come, the last one is to keep the fire burning. One thing about a storm that when they leave us, many times that what the storm has done to us, we recognize it did not have the ability to kill us. But sometimes we do not recognize though it does change us. If the enemy cannot destroy us to steal, kill, and destroy, if he can change us by sending adversity and circumstance, divorce or trial, confusion in a church, he's after to totally destroy it. But if he cannot destroy it, then he will try to change you because if he changes you, he changes the church because you are the church. If he can get you to not love again, forgive again. If he can get you not to be who you are called to be. If he can change the dynamic of your ministry, even though you are still here, you're not here. You're not striving, you're just coping, you're just trying to get by. Many times the enemy sends these storms and trials, these natural or satanic storms, to come our way to change us or prohibit what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do. It is my ambition to this morning is for you to take inventory, to make sure that even though you're still here, I don't want you just to exist after cancer. I want you to still have your song. I want you to still have your shout. I don't want you just to be a part of our fellowship after you've gone through divorce and trial and peril. I want you to be a vibrant instrument in the hand of God that God can use you that when people see you, they don't see your storm or your trial or your struggle, but what they see is somebody and they ask themselves, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how she can do that, but we know because it's the hand of the Lord that is upon you. It is not man-made strength. It is not man-made slogans, but it's the mighty hand of God that rests upon us that when we are weak, my blessed Lord, he is still strong. Is anybody listening in this house today? We are living in a culture, though, that is ever abandoning the faith. 
It's not like those of my youth or Pastor Smith's or Brother Godwin's that when people were going through trial or even if they turned their back on the Lord, they would say things like this, Brother Harris is just struggling right now. But that's not the culture in which we live in. The culture in which we live in likes to get on social media and make these bold announcements. Leaders of the church and leaders of the faith and Pastor Jose, they like to say things like this. I am abandoning the faith. I no longer believe in Jesus. I no longer believe in Christianity. I am now either agnostic or I am an atheist. And they make these bold declarations because it's always about them because they've gotten their eyes off of the cross and not realize that it is no longer about us. I am not putting down their trial. I am not diminishing their storm. But I come and let somebody know this morning, Christianity is not about you. It's not about your way. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your personality. It's about Jesus Christ and him crucified and you taking up a cross and following him daily. He didn't promise you that everything would be okay, but he did promise you eternal life. Amen. Come on now, I'm preaching. You're not listening this morning. There is this movement now that is caught on and contagious that people are now making these boastful announcements of how they no longer serve him as if that is something to brag or boast about. I am not belittling them. I am just trying to encourage the flock that I pastor. In this ever movement of watering down the gospel and simmering down what I would call the simplistic explosiveness of the divine nature of God, I know that people are not intentional when they do this, at least not in the beginning. And their thought process and their endeavor is not to pull others from the faith, but not knowing that being selfish and forgetting who God is, they are putting the church in a situation that benefits them in the natural and it makes God small because they forgot that God is the God of the supernatural. And what is this? Let me preach. And what's taking place is what Jude prophesied about that there will come a day that the church will lose its power. It will lose its identity. And I didn't know it would come through storms and trials. I thought that the church would be bigger than that. But somehow through neglecting the gospel of Jesus Christ and making our church services nothing but entertainment-driven culture, that people like churches based on the personality of themselves that fits with the personality of the church. No wonder Jews said there would come a day of apostasy that the church would look like a cloud but it would not have any water. It would not give any benefit to the hearer. It would exist to make people feel good about themselves and appease their conscience so that they can check the box that they went to church. But I believe that the power of God is still the power of God. And I don't believe that we have to fall by the wayside because we're not seeing what we saw 30 years ago. I believe that God has not changed and he is still the same. And I believe that the eternal God is still looking for a remnant, a hope, a masterpiece, a congregation that's not afraid to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I still believe that in the day of apathy that there are some people that have gone through hell and high water who face some high mountains and some deep valleys, some trials and some perils, but they come out on the other side still saying this, he's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I feel like preaching. He's still the God of power. He's still the divine God of heaven. He's still my best friend and my soon coming king. He's still the one that baptizes with water and by fire and still in the Holy Ghost. He's the same God. The fire was hot and the trial was difficult, but I know this. He is still my God. Is anybody listening in this house? In the past, it was churches, like the church of Laodicea, that churches were beginning to fall by the way because they were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. But today, listen, because we have made the church about people of personality, this is his church, that's her church. They dress this way, they dress that way, they sing this way, they sing that way. We have minimized the church to be about style, feeling, structure, forgetting purpose and power, neglecting the truth of the word of God. When's the last time you heard somebody say, we go to that church because the word of God is being preached. No, no, no. We go there because our kids like this, our youth like that. We like that style. They like that style. The preacher wears skinny jeans. The preacher does this. He's a good golfer. See, we have minimized the gospel to have no effect nor no power because we have put it through our grinder of human flesh and we've made it all about us. But baby girl, I come to tell somebody in this house today the gospel is never about you and how it pleases you. The gospel is the lifeline to humanity to let us know we don't have to die and go to hell, but there is a way through the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'll forgive it. It was about churches, but now it's about men who now make these bold statements. And once again, I'm not minimizing. I'm, I'm just saying that this is not a new thing. This is an old devil that has magnified himself because we have the ability to see what you're thinking, what you're eating, what you're wearing, what movie you're watching because we put everything on social media. What do we do when we see these trials come to us now? And the giants of our faith are falling by the wayside. No longer teaching and edifying nor leading. And now they're even declaring that they're no longer believers. What can we do as a community of believers? What can we do when this storm comes upon us? What can the modern church do as we check ourselves so we won't fall by the wayside? Yes, we have pews. Check. We have a pulpit. Check. We have lights. Check. We have sound system check but somebody's got to ask ourselves: will these things alone get us through the storms of our modern age and this young old preacher declares no 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 but somebody's got to ask himself where is the fire of almighty God in the modern day present church I'm not talking about emotion I'm not talking about manipulation I'm not talking about a hodgepodge of collective things that stir our emotions that have no effect I 
I am talking about a genuine move of Almighty God that when he shows up, we feel the power and the fire of God and our children know this is no ordinary church and this is no ordinary service, but the God of heaven is walking in our midst to change and transform lives forever. Are we afraid that the drunk cannot be conformed anymore to the word of God? Are we afraid that the addict cannot be transformed before our very eyes? Are we afraid that somebody might start confessing sin and be redeemed and make us uncomfortable? Why are you uncomfortable? People talk about it anyway. So why don't we confess it in front of the church and be forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ? I come to let you know you can buy all the air conditioners and TVs you want but if we lock out the fire and the power of God we will not make it through these last day storms. My final point in this series do not lose the fire of Almighty God. When Paul got through his storm and was abandoned on a beast he pulls himself up to a a place and sit down cold and tired and what does he do? He throws his hands against the fire that he might be refreshed one more time. I don't know who I come to preach to and I know you're ready to go because you're uncomfortable but you'll be okay. But I ask you one more time to pull yourself up to the fire of God. To not accept any cheap substitutes. Do not trade it for any cute slogan. Do not sell it for some bumper sticker that makes you cool to the hip church down the road. Do not trade it for some old time feeling that was based on grandma's song. But to pull yourself back up to the fire of God where we know because we don't have words to describe or express what happened in church. We just tell people you should have been there because God showed up and I can't explain what just took place are we smart enough to retrace our steps to remind us of our beginning are we smart enough to remember what it looked like and what it felt like or what do we do when I see among us do we recreate something that's not there do we magnify something that's good as we trade it for what was better do we pretend that everything's okay or do we understand that even in the storm I can lose the boat I can lose the ship I can lose the tackle but I cannot lose who I am and I cannot lose the fire of almighty God fire in scripture is this definition Fire is actually the principle of burning. The actual principle of being set ablaze. Listen to me. It means to ignite or to excite. In scripture, God represents fire's holiness, judgment, and his presence. Fire of the Old Testament, we saw it in a bush when Moses was watching it, but yet it was not consumed. Later we saw this fire as it led God's people out of bondage. Can I tell you today, the fire still leads people out of bondage. But for my two points this morning, I'll close. I believe fire represents to the North Walhalla Church of God the presence among us of Almighty God and that he is so authentic and powerful that we won't trade him for nobody else. I've come to let you know that when the storms come, don't let the fire go out. Look to your neighbor and say, don't let the fire go out. Pastor, 
How can I not let the fire go out? First of all, you've got to make up your mind not to settle for strange substitutes that look like the real thing but have no benefit. Come on, somebody. Leviticus chapter 10, there were two people of the priests, two children, and they were so far removed from God, these sons of Aaron, Nahab, and Abihu, instead of burning the fire, or I should say continuing to build upon the fire that God sent, they offered strange incense to that fire. And God did not receive their strange fire. In fact, they were killed by that fire because God was letting us know that strange substitutes and replacements will not do if we want to keep on the fiery line for Jesus Nothing will settle or nothing could be put in the place of Almighty God. I'm not saying we got to come to church 10 times a week, but I do want to ask you something. I'm just curious. Come on. Do you find yourself wanting to hang out with more of the world more often than you do the people of God? I'm just asking. Hello? Do you find yourself not wanting to come to church? but replacing it with some good formula, philosophy, or feeling? Or do you feel like this right here that you understand that our God is a holy God and he will not be replaced and be Lord of our life? That's right. We can't make him our king because he feeds us like they try to do in the New Testament. He left them because he will only be king if we claim him as Lord of our life. The modern church must understand that we cannot substitute God even though it kind of looks like it, kind of seems like it. We can just put something in his place and call it Jesus and move on. It is still him and him alone. We cannot substitute parts of him that we don't like because it makes us uncomfortable. We love that he loves the little children, but we hate that it's by the blood of the lamb which we are saved. Brother Nolan, we like the feeling that he loves everybody, but we don't like the feeling that he wants us to die and take up our cross. Well, guess what? It's not up to you for debate. Not if you believe the word of God. Are y'all listening this morning? But what we're trying to do is offer strange fire. Uh, the faster song, slower song, old song, new song, new preacher, old preacher. We need to do this, do that. And when something moves, we grab a hold of him because we have not seen God moving so long. Can I tell you, you've got to make up in your mind no bad, no matter how the storm is, no matter how bad the wind blows, you've got to make up your mind, I'm not trading Jesus for nobody. I'm not going to let you whisper to me that there's a better way. I know cancer may be in my body and you want me to cast him down but I know this. He did not save me to keep me in this world. This world may pass away but one day I've got a new body waiting on me in the heavens. I don't know who I come to preach to but square your shoulders back and make up your mind. I'm not turning around. I'm not going back. No matter how tough it gets I'm not trading my Jesus for nobody. I'm going hang on to the hand of God to listen secondly and I close this last point in Leviticus chapter 6 God sends the fire upon the brazen altar God sends the fire but it was up to the priest to continue the fire they had to I like a better word maintain the fire 
God set structure on how they had to maintain the fire. Thus, they had to give effort to maintain that fire. God sends the fire, they maintained it. God sends the fire, but there's some things that you've got to do. Second point, you've got to work it. Somebody say work it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to always fall in your lap. How is that? Oh, come on, somebody. Leviticus 6 and 13, the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must never go out three times. Verse 9, verse 12, verse 13 is that mentioning. Is mentioned. They are sacrificing, but you must too. There are some things that you must do to keep the fire burning. I'm not going to go over these steps of the Old Testament. I'm just going to put application through Romans chapter 12. Listen to me. There are some things you must do to keep the fire burning burning. Romans, what did it say? Abhor what is evil. That means in the middle of your storm you've got to make up in your mind I don't care what happens. I'm not switching sides. I'm going to hate evil and cling to good. Are you listening? That means you sometimes you've got to keep putting another log on the fire when people are talking about you. When things are not going your way, when the storm is raging, see, what you're trying to do is be right. I don't want you to be right. I want you to be on fire. Come on. You're trying to get your way. You're trying to prove your point. I don't want your point taken. I want you to be set ablaze for the glory of God. He says, hate what's evil. Cling to what's good. Be affectionate to one another. Love each other. Give preference to each other. There's some things you've got to do to keep the fire going. That means you've got to love those who's talking about you. Yes, sir. You've got to give preference to your neighbor. You've got to give somebody your seat. You've got to help somebody along. You might have to do some things along the way. But my main point is this. He says you've got to maintain your zeal when you're in the middle of the storm. Listen as I close. If you want to keep the fire going, sometimes you've got to keep your zeal when it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look good, you're not in church, you don't feel the Holy Ghost, your pastor hasn't called you, but you know this, I've got to keep the fire burning on the inside. I don't know who I come to preach to, but don't lose your zeal. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your hope. Maintain the fire of God and let God blaze in your life and I promise you, you will not fall by the wayside. Brother Nola, how do I keep my zeal when I've got cancer in my body? Pastor, how do I keep my zeal when my, my child, my sister, my brother is wayward? Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and sing to yourself. Are you listening? Sometimes you got to get your, your Bible out and quote scripture to yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. God, I can't find my way today, but I know this. I'm not going to stop serving you. So God, I'm going to keep my zeal and keep my song. So you thought about praising God in church. Well, anybody can praise God in church. They were singing amen, people standing and shouting. I, I want you to worship God in church. It's about to blow up in here. But you know what? I'd rather you worship God in the funeral home. See, that's where you've got to keep the fire going. Like we had to do on yesterday when I buried my grandmother 
and declare that he is still good. Anybody can praise God this morning, but give me some people that's made up their mind. I'm not going to let the fire go out. I have purposed in my heart, and the way to keep the fire is to keep the zeal I have for the Lord. I want to ask you this morning, why have you quit coming to church? Not you. I'm talking about the people that stayed home today. Why have you quit singing the songs? Why have you traded all your good gospel praise and worship for this new age stuff that makes you feel good or some new boy band that, oh, anyway. Why have you traded all this? Why did you used to get up singing uh, uh, Amazing Grace, but now you've gone back to Leonard Skinner? Why, why, why? I, 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 I'm just asking. Young people are saying, who's Leonard Skinner? That's okay. You understand what I'm saying? Salem people know who I'm talking about. But you understand what I'm saying? Why? I tell you why. I, I'm not saying you can't listen to this or that. That's between you and the Lord. But what I am saying is this, that there come some storms that are not meant to kill you, but they're meant to put the fire out because God's called you to preach or God, God's placed you to do something great. God's put you to sing songs that bless me but you're not singing anymore because your fire has gone out. Somebody hurt you. Somebody lied on you. Somebody made up a rumor about you. So you sat down on God. But honey, can I tell you, God didn't save you for them. God saved you to pull you out of the fire of hell. God placed a gift inside of you to bless others. It's time for you to get up in the name of Jesus Christ and let God use you one more time. Listen, as I close, Pastor, how can I stay in the fire? You remember the two people I preached about last week? How they walked on the road to Emmaus? What did they say when Jesus came in their midst? They said, my, did our hearts not what? Somebody say it louder. Burn within us. As he walked with us and talked with us along the way. You want your fire back? then quit worrying about everybody else and what they're driving and what they're wearing and who they're kissing. Quit, quit. I, I'm your preacher. I'm your shepherd. I can say it. Quit worrying about it. Come on. Let Oprah and Mari and the church down the road worry about it. <laughs> quit worrying about it. You've traded his love for somebody else's. You traded the gift of heaven and the breath of heaven and the kiss of life for some cheap substitute that gives you five seconds of pleasure. Let it go in the name of Jesus Christ. When you first got saved, you didn't care who come. You just came. You didn't care if you were the only one in the Sunday school room. You were glad to not have a needle in your arm. You were glad to have your sins forgiven. You came to church on time, ready with your Bible. Didn't know nothing. Didn't know Genesis from Revelation. But you were in love with Jesus Christ. Those two men left disappointed. But when God got in their midst, when they had contact with Jesus, they said, my, did our hearts not burn inside of us? You want your fire again? You want the fire of God again? Fall back in love with the presence Amen. of Jesus Christ. Quit Amen. rolling over at three in the morning when the Holy Ghost whispers in your ear, come away with me. Slip away with me. Spend five minutes with me. No, God, give me, let me sleep. I need my sleep. No, you need the Holy Ghost, what you need. You don't know what tomorrow is going to face. You don't know what you're about to go through. Take five minutes and fall back in love with Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Not only do we need his presence, 
But in the middle of a storm like these two guys, it's okay to grab somebody else's hand and say that one good brother or sister who's not going to tell you what you want to hear, but's going to tell you what you need to know through Scripture. Can I ask you something? Why is it when we get in trouble, we always find the guy to be our comforter who's going to tell us what we want to hear? I'm having an affair on my wife. But the reason I'm doing that is not because I'm not a good Christian. It's because she doesn't meet my needs anymore. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes, I understand that. I, I can't blame you. Now, I know she's a good godly woman. I know, I know she has cancer in her body, and she's a teacher and a saint. She raises my two boys, and she's a good woman and all that. But, you know, she's not really meeting my needs. I, I like my fried chicken really fried. And, and I, I know she's got to see. We rationalize, and we find that one backslidden friend. Come on now. This is North Walhalla, right? I feel like I'm preaching it at East Walhalla this morning. I don't know what's going on. We find that one person that will come along and tell us what we want to hear. You want the fire of God back? Fall back in love with His presence. And if you can't get there, find that one friend that's going to pick you up and say, I know you messed up, but I know you, brother. I know you, sister. God's called you the more. I remember when you used to sing the fire down. I remember when you used to preach the heavens down. And you may not be at that place right now, but I'm going to stay by your side until you get back on your feet. Come on, play, brother. I'm going to stay by your side. I'm going to lift you back up. When you can't pray for yourself, I'm going to pray for you. But I'm not going to take you what you want to hear and I'm not going to give you what you think you want I'm going to be your friend saying that's not your wife that's not your right that's not right but God loves you he'll forgive you he'll nurse you he'll help you he'll protect you he'll put you back in the ministry your life's not over tomorrow's a new day weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning he's your friend he's your provider get up in the name of Jesus Christ I'll bandage your wounds I'll wipe your sweat from your brow but at the end of the day I'm going to pick you up in the name of Jesus Christ until you burn again with the fire of God stand with me all of the house my last point in this series don't let the fire go pastor I lost my job don't lose your fire pastor I I've been through a trial. Don't lose your fire. Don't lose your love for God. Brother Nolan, I've lost some things along the way. Don't lose your fire. When I first got saved, Roy, I used to look for churches. Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian. If they were having revival, we were going. Me and about four other preachers, We'd get in church before I knew about anything of church structure, theology. I just knew this. I once was lost. And Brother John, now I'm found. I didn't know we couldn't worship with the Methodists. I didn't know we couldn't worship with the Baptists or, or the Pentecostals. You know, that's the fact before I got indoctrinated in the church and they told me, you can't sing this, you can't do that, you can't shout after 12, you can't shout before 6. I didn't know all that. I just knew when I walked in the building, people look at me and say, he was the drunkard who came from a family of drunkards and we're so blessed to have him at church tonight. 
had to go down to the African American church because I didn't know at that time that, that churches were segregated, you know. And I'd walk in and be the only white boy in the house. I'd shout just as long as they wanted to shout. I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. Nobody told me that yet. I had to wait for a couple years to get involved really in church. No wonder the fire leaves us. I don't know if the fire leaves us or we leave the fire. I didn't know all that, Brother Tim. I didn't know all that. But somewhere along the way, something happened and I realized this. I don't need all that. As long as the fire will burn, as it said in Acts chapter 2 and verse 3, as the fire set upon their heads. As long as that fire stays in this vessel, you can have the whole world. Just give me the fire of Jesus Christ. I come and let you know, don't worry about the storm anymore. Don't worry about what you lost. Don't worry about who's talking about you. Just don't lose the presence of God. You've got to work at it. You can't be tempted to go back or be pulled in the corners. You've got to be zealous to keep that fire burning. That's your job. That means you've got to get up in the morning when your wife's already fussing at you and just start quoting good scripture. When you get to your job and you know that your co-worker's already talking about what and who and where and how many times, that's when you just start singing a good gospel song. If you'll sing loud enough, they'll stop talking that field. Let me tell you what I did this weekend. Let me tell you what my pastor preached yesterday. You watch how quick they'll get spiritual. Oh, praise God. You'll change your atmosphere because fire changes things. Walk into a hospital room and start talking about the presence of God. People will forget about their circumstances. Walk into a funeral home and say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and watch how to change the atmosphere. Walk as I did my two boys this past two days where Ash and Steele's trying to grip and Aiden's trying to understand Daddy. And I look at him and I say, son, I don't preach for money. If I didn't believe she's in the presence of God, I'd quit preaching this gospel today. But I know that I know that my Redeemer lives and I know where she stands and I will see her again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is alive forevermore. Never let the fire go out. Some of you already got your mind on Clemson and Carolina. You already got it ready for I'm begging somebody to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. Nothing wrong with those things in their proper place. Or her shall give me a church that loves him who's hungry for the fire again. That our homes are changed and our county is changed. In Jesus' name, let the fire burn one more 